Hey, Greyhounds fans. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hounds Huddle podcast on moraviansports.com, the Greyhound Sports Network, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am LJ Smith, Assistant Director of Athletic Communications here at Moravian University. And on this episode, I sat down with the Director of Athletic Performance, Tom Long. We discussed his days as a student athlete and his path to Moravian. So let's get this episode started and meet our guest, Tom Long. Thanks again for tuning in to the Hounds Huddle podcast, streaming on moraviansports.com, the Greyhound Sports Network, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Very special guest this episode, the strength coach Tom Long here at Moravian University. He's been here since 2016. Thank you for spending some time with me uh, on this episode, Coach. Thanks for having me on, man. Uh, very exciting because I feel like I, I personally don't know you as well as some of the coaches I get to interact with, but... I think this is a really unique experience for you to kind of share your story with the student athletes, the viewers of the pod. So thank you for, for doing this. Thanks again. All right. So let's, let's dive into it. Being and working in athletics, what was your first experience with athletics? Did you play a sport growing up, multiple sports? Oh, yeah. Um, I have two older brothers, uh, Mike and John, and we were heavily involved in athletics all throughout our childhood. So basketball, baseball, soccer, football, swimming, you named it, we played it. So kind of growing up, seeing my older brothers, being athletes, kind of just that was the path I was going to go. Okay, so you literally you played a multitude of sports as as a kid and seeing your older brothers play, was there one sport you kind of gravitated to more as you started growing up or was it kind of like multi-sport all year round you're an athlete? Multi-sport in the beginning, and then as I aged, I didn't play football until I was in ninth grade. Okay. Uh, okay. But I was always drawn to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the biggest one of the family. Okay. So, like, I kind of was always gravitated towards the football aspect, the collision aspect of yeah. it. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I didn't really get on my football course until I was in ninth grade. Everything prior to that, yeah, whatever the seasons were, that's what the sports we were playing. Okay. So, yeah. So, you get to high school – did you just hone in on football then? Did you yeah. still play other sports yeah. or just football? Just was- football once I got to high school. And looking back on it, I probably should have explored other options. Okay. Uh, just from my knowledge within this field now of sports performance, a mm-hmm. lot of cool data shows that multi-sport athletes at the high school level kind of paves a way for more athleticism down the road. So when I got to ninth grade, it was just football, and that put me on the path I on now so okay. I don't regret anything but at the same time it would have been cool to explore wrestling or uh, even track and field throwers mm-hmm. so that would have probably been a better combination so football is your your one and only in high school were you recruited at all what was that experience like going through high school being yeah. a, a football athlete um so believe it or not like I, I entertained the thought of like going to college and playing football somewhere, but I come from a military law enforcement family, so okay. kind of like my grandfathers uh, were World War II veterans, father was a police officer, brother Mike is in the Air Force, so that was kind of the environment I was in as I was growing up. So okay. when I got to high school, end of my high school career, I kind of had my sights on going to the military. Okay. So I did get recruited more so from like D2 uh, perspective, uh, East Stroudsburg, uh, East Stroudsburg's Clutchdown, Westchester, all those PSAC schools. Yeah. Um, went on a couple visits, uh, but I was still kind of tracking towards military at that point. And my parents were like, look, go to college, get a degree, okay? Mm-hmm. And then if you still want to pursue military, go after. That way you at least have a degree, you could become an officer at that point. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like that makes sense for me. Uh but I had made that decision right then and there that I was going to go into the military. So I put football to the side. Okay. And once I graduated from high school in 2008, I kind of thought my playing career was over, to be completely honest. Wow. Um, so I kind of switched like mindsets, tracks a little bit. I went from training for football. I weighed 250 pounds when I graduated high school. I was a D-tackle. Okay. And um, 
I dropped down to over the course of like a year and a half down to like 200 pounds. Wow. Thinking, prepping, yeah. I'm going to be going into the military. I got to be proficient at running, body weight, calisthenics, Whole swimming. Whole mindset yeah. and physical attributes Correct. for that. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to college at that point. So when I graduated from Council Rock in 08, I went to Penn State Abington for uh, two semesters. Okay. And during that time frame, this is kind of like, it's going to be multiple stories, like, piecing together Okay, here, okay? Uh, awesome. So, um, kind of key word you're probably going to hear me say is I'm blessed. I was blessed when I graduated high school because I was a commuter going to Penn State Abington. Um, I was fortunate enough to start coaching right at the age of 18 years uh, of age. I okay. went back to high school and started coaching the high school football program. Not head coach, but uh, I was an assistant for the ninth grade program. And then a year later, I kind of moved up to the varsity level for D-tackle, uh, D-line coach. Okay. So from age 18, I was already kind of getting groomed for coaching experience. But that was more just like a filler. Yeah. Um, having fun with it, educating the guys on just like the lessons I learned through high school. Mm -hmm. uh, but going through Penn State Abington um, and coaching high school football, it's like that old expression, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yep. So after like the first year of not playing football and coaching, I'm like, darn, man, like I really miss this. This is, yep. this is cool. This is fun. And that kind of planted the seed for uh, like I'm in college. Um, I might as well make the most of it. Like, let's try to walk on somewhere. Okay. And again, complete 180 with my training perspective. I went from a 250 pound D tackle down to 200 pounds. Yeah. And now I'm like, man, I'm going to try to walk on somewhere, but I'm a D tackle. Like I'm not the most skillful athlete. I'll say that straight up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, but I knew that my best chance of walking on somewhere was probably going to be like a linebacker position. Okay. Um, so I had been to Temple University a couple times uh, just growing up. Um, and then a couple of my buddies were already there. So going down there on the weekends to visit them, um, I was like, man, Temple's a cool place. Yeah. Okay. I could probably see myself getting a degree there. At the time, I didn't really have, again, like I'm like jumping timelines and like jumping like goals and careers. Yeah. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do post-graduation other than military. So like figuring out a degree, Three, yeah. I had no idea, to mm. be completely honest. Okay. So like at Penn State Abington, I wasn't the best student. Yeah. Okay? I wish I could go back and uh, course correct that because that haunted me for Temple football. Okay. Um, but... Looking back on it, I'm, ble again, blessed to have gone down this path here, okay? Uh, not really knowing what kind of degree I wanted to get, so I kind of thought I would transfer to Temple and just figure it out as I go and give my best shot trying to walk on. Okay. So, again, we're trying to piece together multiple stories, and I apologize if I'm losing you. Um, but Penn State Abington, I did a year there, and then – I knew my best bet to try to get the temple was to go to Bucks County Community College. They okay. had a pretty much, I don't know if you would call it a partnership or some type of deal where you do X amount of credits at Bucks County Community College. It enhances your partnership or your uh, likelihood of getting accepted to the temple. Okay. So I transferred from Penn State Abington to Bucks County Community College. I did a year and a half at Bucks County Community College. And then finally got accepted to Temple in the spring of 2011. Okay. So now that's three years of not, of yeah, of like school hopping, not being the best student. I'll be completely honest with that again. Mm -hmm. um, and just trying to figure out my life as I'm going through this process. Um, during that buildup, like 2009 to 2011, Again, I switched my training perspective, started preparing for football. Okay. Uh, I put on 30 pounds, was weighing 230. Um, found out that the walk-on tryout for Temple was like February like 5th. So spring semester started. Yeah. Uh, I got accepted. It's my first semester there. And I'm like, oh, man, this is real. Like, this is happening. Like the walk-on tryout is a week away. I go to the tryout. Um, and I'm like four. There's probably like 40 guys there. Um, okay. and that was a cool experience, uh, going through that type of a tryout. Um, and then the tryout was pretty much like 90 minutes. They put us through a bunch of different movement patterns, typical, just kind of evaluating yeah, you, assessing you. Um, and then 
that was it. They were like, all right, guys, we'll let you know. We'll see you wow. later. So 90 minutes. Yeah, of... 90 minutes of like a year and a half of prep work for yeah. 90 minutes of like just showcasing. And then they're like, all right, fellas, good work. We'll see you later. We'll let you know. Uh, that was a Wednesday, and then I didn't hear from anybody for a week later, and that was the longest week of oh, my I life. Oh, I can imagine. Like, that was just like I was checking emails, like waiting for phone calls. I actually called them a couple times because I was just trying to be annoying to get an answer. Yeah. Uh, but a week later, I get a phone call from the director of operations, and he's like, hey, man, we were impressed. We want you to come on for the spring semester. You'll go through spring ball. Okay. Uh, you'll go through the workouts and kind of we'll make a formal evaluation at the end as to whether you're going to be part of the roster or not. Okay. So I'm like, this is awesome. This yeah. is great. That's like, a win. Yeah, that's, that's a win. win this is a victory. Yeah. This is this is going well. But then it dawned on me that I was like, oh, you know what? I don't live down here. Like, I still live – I was living with my parents because I was commuting at the time. Okay. Um, I'm from Lower Bucks County, Churchville, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Temple's 45 minutes to an hour south. I'm yep. like, shoot. Like, I didn't really think this one through, yeah. shockingly. <laughs> um, so that spring semester was a complete grind for me. Um, wow. We had either lifts before spring ball started mm-hmm. at like 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. And then we had meetings on the off days. So I would have to catch the train out of Warminster, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um once spring ball started, we had to be in meetings, meeting rooms at 6.30 a.m. for a special teams meeting. Um, the special teams coordinator was Zach Smith. I don't know if you remember that name. He was at Temple. Oh, yeah. And then he went to Ohio State. State. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so he was our special teams coordinator. And I knew my only real shot of making this football program was to get a spot on special teams. That was the only way I was going to make my mark and just be part of the roster. Okay. You got to look at they're, they're recruiting top athletes for the linebacker position. Yep. Um, the guy that's was, he's still playing in the NFL. I believe Ty here, Whitehead. Yeah. Um, he was in the linebacking core. So like if I'm on the field and he's not, there's problems. <laughs> yeah, okay. Correct. So I figured like my best bet is just to get a special teams position. So the first meeting was at 6:30 AM. And if you were late for that meeting, you might as well go pack up your locker and leave because we don't want any business with you. Okay. So pretty much either you're 15 minutes early or you're five minutes late. Yep. The first train out of Warminster wasn't until 5 a.m. So I had to wake up at 4 a.m. to catch the 5 a.m. train, get down the temple by like 6.05, 6.10. You're at the mercy of public transportation. Transportation, which is always terrifying. Always terrifying. Um, And then I would have to sprint from the temple platform to Diamond Street, which is where the football facility is located at, get in my lowers, and then sprint to the meeting room to be on time time. for a special teams meeting that if I missed, I was pretty much like off the team. Yeah. So that was my spring semester in a nutshell. Just constant stress. Constant stress. And we would be in from meetings from 6.30, 7.30, 8 o'clock a.m., and then we would go take the field from, like, 9 to 11. Mm-hmm. And then my first class was at noon, and classes went from noon to about 4. Okay. And then I would catch the 5 p.m. train home from Temple, be home by 6 p.m., dinner, attempt to have a social life, attempt to do some homework, yeah. and then sleep next morning, same, back out. Same deal. Yeah. And that was the entire spring semester, pretty much. And that was a grind. I mean, I was 21 at the time. So for me, like, this was, like, go time. I had to nail it, mm-hmm. uh, had to crush it. But, again, blessed that I went through that experience because that kind of helped pave the way for what I do here at Moravia, especially my first year, which we'll hopefully we'll be able to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but that spring semester ended, and then they were like, again, like, okay, we'll let you know. I'm like, man, come on. Like, you guys are <laughs> killing me here, yeah. to be completely honest. Uh but summer workout packets went out, and then they notified me. I was down in Clearwater, Florida with my family on a vacation that we already planned. This was like the last like weekend in July, and yep. I get a phone call from my positional coach, Steve McGowan. He's like, hey, man, you made the roster. Uh, we report to camp in two days. I'm like, What? Yeah, like, great. All right, awesome. <laughs> See you there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So coordinated with family, got a plane ticket back home. Uh, again, by myself at this point, all families down in Florida. I'm getting all my gear packed up, driving down the temple. Um, football camp started, I think it was August 3rd. Okay. So they report early. And then from, like, August 3rd, uh, 
was starting our camp, and that was a full time grind. Like that was the real deal. Like yeah. that was you're going to be up at six a.m. You're going to be at breakfast dining hall at this time. You're going to be in this meeting at this time. Practice at this time. We're going to give you an hour to kind of like just chill, relax, and then more meetings. Walk through in the evening. Uh, but it was a great experience. I learned so much during that time frame. Very regimented. Very regimented. Sure. But it's also, there's a reason why you're doing that. Correct, yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool to like, again, like all you see is all you know at that age. Yep. So, but it's cool to see like how I was part of Temple and then Villanova and then Moravian everyone's kind of doing the same thing. I mean, it, it's like you look at our football team for spring ball, and I can only imagine every team, fall team, coming into an August training camp is regimented like that nowadays. Yeah. It should be. Um, but, like, that, I was blown away by, like, man, they're, they're feeding us six meals a day. Like, I can take as many Gatorades as I yeah. want as I can fit <laughs> into my backpack as I want. Yeah. Uh, you're getting steak, chicken for meal or dinner every single night. So, yeah. I mean, it was legit, like, well-thought-out, well-planned training camp. Wow. Um, but then my past caught up to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I had just, I was, again, I knew special teams was the only way I was going to really make an impact. Once I made the team, I was like, okay, let's take a step further. Like my next goal, like, like actually get onto the field and actually compete. Yep. But again, it was going to be within the special teams realm. Um, I hated kick return, kickoff return. I thought that was the dumbest job ever. Just like you're waiting for people, people to come hit you. Yep. I'd rather be on the other side. So yeah. I knew kickoff was going to be my best attempt. I got to the starting spot kickoff around August 8th, 10th. Yeah. All right. So I'm like, this is great. I'm running with the ones. Um, and I'm going against like the starting kickoff return on live scrimmages, film, tackling, getting critiqued, everything. Wow. Um, and then a week prior to kickoff against Villanova, I get pulled to the side coming out of a meeting room by one of the academic advisors. And he goes, hey, man, I've got bad news for you. You're ineligible. You wow. can't play football. Like, we wow. messed up. You slipped through the cracks. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's like, you're technically, this is 2011 at the time. I'm technically a junior at that point because I enrolled in college in 08. Again, my past haunted me. My yeah. lack of attention for academics at Penn State Abington, not passing classes there, transferring multiple times. I lost credits getting the temple. Yeah. And then they're like just percentage-wise, you're not technically a junior, so your academics need to come first. You can't play football. And wow. Yeah, just like I never forget where I was at, what I was wearing, who was around me, like mm -hmm. and just that day in general. And then having to go practice right after that being told that. So, yeah. like, that was a huge collapse, collapse. there. Yeah. yeah. And, like, my at the time, like, you feel, like, in the grand scheme of things, is that a big, big tragedy compared to all tragedies? No. Like, no. it's, it's yeah. a sport. It's a game. But when you devote that time to it, that effort, that pursuit, that hurts. And yes. um, that kind of put me on, I wouldn't say a bad path or a destructive path, mm -hmm. but... I realized that, like, that altered a lot of my perspective of, like, the effort that I gave. Like, man, is this really worth it anymore going to college? Like, should I even be here anymore? Um, is it even worth working hard? Like, if just things are going to get ripped away from you. Having but, that mindset of, like, you just worked so hard in the spring to get to this point. You make a roster spot. You're finally running with the ones, like <laughs> yeah. you said. And then just that, just that complete halt of you have so much questioning going on, which is, a, I feel like it's a very natural thing to do, but yeah. it just hit you all at once. All it wasn't once. like it built, it was a buildup. Right. You get pulled aside and then you're like, by the way, practice in 15. Yeah. And I remember that. Well, I mean, I don't really remember that practice. I really wasn't like in yeah. the headspace for it. But I remember our, my positional coach, Steve McGowan coming over me and just like putting his arm around me. Dude, like just get through the practice. We'll talk after. Yeah. Uh, they gave me some options. They were like, hey, man, like you can still be on the practice squad, but you can't dress. Uh, you won't be like officially part of the roster. Then I'm like, man, what if I get injured? Like, yeah, doing this. Like, what, what's the goal now? What's the purpose? Um, they were like, if you can get like 20 some credits in within the next like semester and a half, you could rewalk onto the program, okay. redo everything again. 
And I'm like, geez, I'm like, that's like, a lot is of this, work. Yeah, is this like this is is this something that I really want now? Mm-hmm. And I made the decision. I was like, I'm done playing college football. Um, but then, like, I also had a shot at arena football. Okay, yeah. So um, a year went by after my devastation with Temple football. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still at Temple. Still haven't figured out what I want to do career-wise yet, by the way, other okay. than military. Yeah. Um, the Philadelphia Soul had open tryouts. Okay. And I went to that tryout a year later. Mm-hmm. Um and like this was like at the Novacare complex down in Philly. There was like 500 dudes there. Yeah. And this was like a legitimate tryout. Like if you, I remember as we were going through some of the drills, the coaches were like, like the agile bags. They were like, if you hit the agile bag, get out. Like just leave the facility. Wow. And like dudes were hitting the agile bags and they were leaving the facility. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So like that level it was, of yeah, it like, was like, yeah, that level. And, not that I wasn't prepared for it. I didn't hit any bags, thank God. <laughs> uh, but, like, I wasn't as prepared as I should have been for that. Mm-hmm. But I still made an impact. By the end of that tryout for the Philadelphia Soul, there was, like, 50 dudes left, and I was one of them. Mm-hmm. So I was honored to be, like, that part of that group. Yeah. Um, and then they came over, and I'm kind of, like, again, all over the place here with yeah, this story, yeah. so I do apologize. But... uh uh, they were like, hey, why don't you try out going for, like, our farm team? Uh, like, within the Philadelphia Soul Arena League, they have, like, a farm team yep. and a couple teams. Uh, go do a year there, and we'll evaluate. Yeah. And I was part of that program for a year. It was indoor football. We played at the Wells Fargo Center multiple times. We did some traveling. Uh, played some pro at, like, teams, like, paid, like, legitimate. Yeah. Like, they're, like, we were pretty much their tune-up game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, okay. But, like, playing against high-level athletes, arena football, for one year, it was tough, man. It's really a grind. Was. That's a yeah. different set of of skills. It's the same game, but it's not. It's so it, much it, faster. It, it's so much. It's, it's you got so much faster. Fifty yards to work with. Yeah. It, it's a very different, unique different game animal. for sure. Different animal. Yeah. Um, but I ended up folding my right knee back and tearing some ligaments in there, and that's when I was like, "No more football. I'm done." Like wow. this is yeah. Uh, so I walked away. I was probably 22 or 23 at the time. I was like, this is, it's not worth it anymore. Like, I got to figure out what the heck I'm going to be doing with the rest of my life here. I'm still at Temple. Like, I'm juggling classes and trying to pursue a legitimate professional football career at the same time. Like, I need to pick one and focus on that. Um, So once the football was officially done, Mm -hmm. that's when I (laughs) finally got my act together academically and started pursuing um, exercise science at okay. Temple University. Um, I had actually started off as pre-health, so like a physical therapist. Yeah. Um, and I remember just going to their first club meeting, and they outlined, and it's like the same what our standards are here for Moravian. You have to have this type of GPA. Yep. Uh, you're going to have to go to grad school. You're going to have to do uh, multiple internships. You're going to have to shadow. And I'm like, this is... I like it, but I know I'm probably not going to last that long with this. Like, I wanted to get a degree. And then, again, like, now I'm kind of switching mindsets back to military. military. I'm like, I just need to get a degree and get done with college, get college degree, and go start mm-hmm. my real career yeah. now. Uh, but then I stumbled upon exercise science. Okay. And Temple at the time was more known for cardiology. Okay. Um, so that was a big focus of the exercise degree. Thank God they kind of started shifting gears a little bit towards my junior, senior year. They brought on some really cool personnel, some faculty, uh, Dr. James Hoffman, Dr. Michael Isertel, and they have their doctorates like for sports performance. Wow. Okay. And they started really shifting gears for like, hey, like exercise science, you can go be a professional strength and conditioning coach, a collegiate strength and conditioning coach. You can go work in clinics. You can work for hospitals. And I was like, that – makes sense for me that's yeah. that sounds like a cool degree i can relate to it we're exercising we're working out um and i started my path towards exercise science probably around 22 like right when that philadelphia soul yeah uh <laughs> football career right. ended yeah. uh but towards my senior year that's when like i was at the fork in the road again like do i keep going with this or do i make that dive into the military uh in order to graduate from Temple, I had to do an internship. Okay. So 
again, blessed. I was the first one to ever get from Temple Exercise Science to get an internship with Villanova for sports performance. Okay. So it was the summer of 2015, and it was going to be a summer internship with the football program. And the guy that was the head strength coach there at the time, his name is Jacob Cox. Him and I are good friends now, but going into it, it was intense. Like it was, he ran it very tight ship, Mm -hmm. very tight ship, like good, like leadership, authority wise, discipline wise, you're going to hustle. You're working for free pretty much. Like you're not getting paid anything at that level as a volunteer. Uh, But it really opened up my eyes more so to how much I didn't know about sports performance. And I'm like, wow, this is cool. I'm being exposed to technologies for training that I've never seen before. Um, just the level of detailedness that goes into the explanation of moving patterns. Like I've never knew how to lift like that before. Yeah. Um, I'm just going off of like videos I watch online, but now having someone be like, no, you need to position yourself like this. You need to grab the bar like this. Or when you're changing directions, you need to be leaning a certain way in body positioning and arm action. So it was a really cool learning experience. Um, and then like, as I'm going through it, I'm like, I think I want to be a performance coach. Like, I think this is going to be my path as much as I would love to serve my country. Like this is a cool opportunity. Yeah. Um, so going through my internship, I was like, you know what? I'm going to hustle so hard that they're going to hire me at the end. And I kind of reverted back to the grind of that spring semester for temple football, where I was up early 4am traveling to the facility And just submersing myself into the grind and trying to take as much from it as I can and give as much as I can. Um, And again, blessed at the end of that internship, Jake, the head strength and conditioning coach for Villanova football was like, what are your thoughts on working here? And I was like, hell yeah, man. Like, let's go. Let's do this. That's great. Yeah. So the finally, I don't want to say finally because you've had positives out of this, but to finally get that break. Yes. Yeah. The right way for you. Correct. so relieving so just how did you kind of move forward with that because you get that off you get that offer and you're like yes it's about time i'm about to get what (laughs) i want yeah you are able to take that step forward yeah so what happens next then You're, you're hired on i'm hired on by villanova it's the it's august 2015 at that point okay um i just graduated temple at the time so i got my degree Um, the next major hurdle would be to get the correct certification for the field. So that was like, um, pretty much everything my senior year of temple was prepping before from an exercise science perspective. Um, again, you've keyword blessed. I passed that exam on the first try. That's a very hard exam and I'm not trying to put a feather in my hat or anything, but like, it's a difficult, it's called the CSCS certified strength and conditioning specialist. Okay. Um, it's a tough exam. It's not easy. Uh, but that was going to be my next hurdle to get over if I really wanted to accelerate my career in my field. Mm-hmm. Um, but going through the Villanova process, again, now that I was like legitimately coaching and legitimately drawing up these programs and implementing them, and then also having volunteers like my previous self, like people that are coming on board, yeah. now I'm directing them. I'm trying to direct the teams that are assigned to me. And that was a huge wake-up call as well. Like, again, like you don't – sometimes you, you think you know everything, and then you're actually running it, and you're like, wow, you know what? I need to prep a little bit better here. So yeah. um, that year that I was there, 2015 to 2016, was a huge learning experience. I credit a lot of who I am as a performance coach from my time at Villanova. So it was an unbelievable learning process. What can you do with business phone from Penteladata? Make a conference call from the coffee shop. Or connect from the back nine. With unlimited phone services, 24-hour support, and mobile synergy, our cloud-based technology makes it easy to do business from anywhere. And we do mean anywhere. No more being stuck in the office. Which is great for everyone. I think. Add cloud-based business phone service from Penteladata. 
Historic Hotel Bethlehem is perfect for any stay. The finely appointed rooms and suites are complemented by excellent dining choices featuring Chef Michael Adams, the tap room for drinks and casual fare, or an upscale dining experience with a view at 1741 on the terrace. For business meetings, visit our Executive Conference Center, stop by our women's boutique for a selection of fashion and jewelry, or grab a cone at our Hotel B ice cream parlor. Historic Hotel Bethlehem is where our history will make the memory of your stay last a lifetime. Are you looking to get your hands on Moravian University Greyhounds gear? Head over to moraviansports.com and click the link Sideline Store under the tab Fan Zone to find our Moravian Apparel Store. Each month, there is a promotion that offers a discount to all things Greyhounds from hats, hoodies, shirts, and more. Head to the Moravian Athletic Sideline Store today, powered by BSN Sports. So learning how to build program build the programs all of that that goes into your job you finally are able to land a job here you come to moravian college now university it's sometimes hard to still call it yeah, college because yeah. it's like ingrained <laughs> in us now that it's university uh what kind of led you to moravian and also going from the d1 aspect that you've ex experienced now coming back to a division three kind of like penn state abington was for you yeah um, so how I got to Moravia, the former strength and conditioning coach, Zach Houghton. I don't know yeah. if you remember Zach. So I did meet Zach. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He, um, was, he was excellent as well. Like, no, it's yeah. just like so many people coming through here that just know their stuff. No, yeah. So you had, uh, Spencer Brown, who was the first yep. performance coach here. Pretty sure he's still at Dartmouth. Yep. Um, Zach, outstanding coach. He would come down to Villanova and that's how I kind of got to that know connection. him. So he would come down to Villanova and shadow us and like sports for performance coaches. Like, yeah, we're like gym junkies. Like we love working out. So <laughs> yeah. like if you go visit a college or a university to shadow, like you're probably going to want to bring workout gear because you're going to train with that staff as well. Yeah. So we worked out together uh, at Villanova and got to know each other on that level. And then again, blessed right place, right time. He was leaving Moravian. Yeah. Um, it's the end of July, I believe. Yeah, because my contract was a one-year contract at Nova. That was up at the end of July. Okay. Um, he reached out to me and was like, hey, man, you may want to consider throwing your hat in the ring for Moravian. And I've heard of I Like, back during my recruiting process from high school, I remember getting things from Moravian. Okay. So I knew, like, where it was at on the map. Um, I wasn't that familiar with university to be complete college at the time, yeah. but university now. Um, but I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, let's do this. Like an actual head strength and conditioning coach position. Yeah. Um, throw my hat in the ring. My interview was like August 3rd and that was a long day. That was a really long day here. Like just because all the coaches that were on summer mode. So they were all coming in waves nice. yep. and like, everybody's probably going to want to be part of that interview because I'm going to have a direct impact on their program. Absolutely. Um, so that was a long day. And then it was George Bright at the time, mm -hmm. AD. The AD, yeah. Uh, two days later, I got the job offer. Incredible. So, yeah, August 5th or 6th, give or take, mm -hmm. uh, was my official first start date. Yeah. And then, like, a week later, we're in football camp. After, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'm just trying to put the best thing I could put together for that specific time frame for football because that was the biggest obstacle and not neglecting any of our other sports programs, but that is the biggest animal that you probably want to get in check first, first yeah. and then make sure everything else is on point. So yeah. uh, that's how I got the Moravian. Again, blessed. Uh, but like comparison from, I believe you said, from D1. Like having your experiences at a D1 level and coming to a Division three. not saying it needs to be modified, but were there modifications you had to no that you noticed going from the D1 to D Division three? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's nothing our it, athletes it, did wrong. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I tried to bring the D1 model to D3. Okay. And that might be a great end goal for yeah. us to be like, yeah, we're going to try. We're, that's our target. We're going to aim for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but some of these athletes really need to be coached up in the beginning here. Yeah. And that's not a sh stab at D3. Uh, that's a lot right. of schools. Yeah. I think even at the D1 level, we push things too fast. Um, some of these kids Just never had acclimated. A, yeah, never had a sports performance coach, and you're trying to get them to Olympic lift particular movement patterns, like right from a freshman standpoint. Like, 
you've got four to five years to work with these athletes. And a term I learned from Villanova was slow cook them. Like you got time. Yep. Slow cook them. Like make sure you lay a good foundation first of just basic movement patterns, basic understanding um, of like just the objectives that we're trying to get accomplished. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then just keep making ground from there. Um, so I tried to bring with me like Temple strength and conditioning because I was part of that for football and then Villanova strength and conditioning. And then we did that for probably like one or two years. And then I was like, we got to, we got to put some more thought into the preparedness of our student athletes throughout the course of their career. Okay. Do we want them doing the cool things? Yeah, absolutely. But are they ready? Are they actually going to benefit from this? Yeah. Okay. Or are we putting them in a worse position? Like, you know, like so you can get injured doing some doing, of these movement yeah. patterns. So, mm-hmm. um, I was very fortunate enough to have awesome people working for me, like Lori Seagreaves, yeah. uh, having assistants like her former assistants, we wouldn't be where we're at without her. Yes. So like having people on board, that are going to help shape the vision that you want is so crucial. So couldn't be here without her. So Lori, thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, definitely missing Lori yeah. these days. <laughs> it's incredible to see, especially your journey of what you've endured to kind of get to where you are today. You're able to bring all these different experiences with you and you've been here long, long enough, as you as you said, 2016 you started. What has been your experience like getting to know the student-athletes, them getting on board? Because it is something, if you're not mentally ready or prepared to do this, not even just physically, it's something hard to buy into. So how do you get the student-athletes to buy into the program? It, that's, that's the toughest part because I, I love being here. I love these student-athletes because – I don't know what percentage you break out to, like in season versus out of season, but out of season, 100% voluntary. They don't have to be there Correct. training with me. Mm-hmm. And we get a significant amount of our athletes coming in. Yeah. And they're, they want to be there. So the buy in factor is crucial. Um, that takes time to get them to buy into the program. Uh, but one of my biggest things that I always push is just proper leadership. I can't always be the voice in the weight room. I can't always be the voice on the field. I'd much rather the team leaders of that program actually be the ones that are effectively communicating and getting buy-in. Okay. So what I like to do is I like to build up our team leaders as they go through their college career. Okay. Um, And that really gets buy-in from everybody else underneath because a player-ran team is going to be way more superior than a – coach-driven team, so if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so buy-in factor-wise, we're trying to get them to buy into what their team goals are. So I'm not here to – and I'm not the sport coach. I'm not the assistant sport co- or uh, actual position coach or anything. I'm the performance coach. So I have kind of have to stay in my lane when it comes to setting goals and standards for teams. We let them kind of create the standards okay. with – communication to the head coach like hey like this is what they're thinking this is what they're doing uh but getting them to buy in that's a crucial part of the puzzle yeah and that's just one small tactic that we use and it's been very successful successful over the years unfortunately up until covid yeah um and that hit everybody i don't care who you are that hit everybody hard yes and that threw a massive wrench into the uh puzzle there so we're kind of rebuilding that now going upwards of getting our team leaders back on track getting the culture right having the mindset that if you value development you know that you can become a better version of yourself Mm -hmm. from the training facility that's what pulls our kids in because once they do a month with us, you're going to see some progress. Yeah. And that's going to be like, wow, like, what's two months going to be like? What's six months going to be like? What's four years of this going to be like? And we just keep pulling these kids in. It's great. And it's all them. It's, it's not a lot of me. It's, it's like 95% them. They are yeah. the ones that are taking charge. They're taking leadership. And they're pulling these athletes in. And that's great to hear that we have 
the type of student athletes at Moravian that are willing to put the work in. Yes. Because not saying that doesn't happen anywhere or it's not a, a divisional thing. It's just the idea that the type of student athletes that our coaches are able to recruit and bring into our programs to make the program successful also start by putting work in the weight room. Yes. No doubt about it. Now, you, you mentioned COVID, which was going to be the <laughs> next question I have for you is you had to navigate that at the helm of, of the entire department uh, along with guidelines and restrictions and all that. How were you able to keep the student athletes engaged with a lot of opportunities like gyms and everything being yeah. closed? Uh, what Just give the viewers and listeners kind of an idea of what you were able to provide for our student athletes in that time because it was so challenging. Yeah, there, there was no playbook for that one. Yeah. Uh, I remember like – and I'm not the only one sports performance coach that thinks like this. As soon as COVID hit and we knew that we, this was going to be a process, we knew that gyms were going to be shut down, access to training facilities were going to be shut down. I and a lot of other performance coaches were like, injury rates are about to go up when we return back. Yeah. So at the end of the day, our main objective as sports performance coaches is to reduce the chance of injury occurring. It's, almost, it's an insurance policy for the athletes, an insurance policy for the university. Um, so I met online with a bunch of former strength and conditioning coaches that I worked with and we all just kind of collaborated on, okay, what are the, th like the three big things, big rocks, we call them like main objectives that we have to send to our student athletes to prepare them for when they come back to us. Okay. Not like, Hey, go do max effort sprints or like go deadlift or, but like, what are the little things that you could do now? that are going to put you in a better position whenever the storm settles down mm -hmm. and we do come back, you're in a better position on that date. Um, and right, I mean, the beginning it was like just obviously body weight exercises, yep. calisthenics, things like that. I was always pushing for get outside, okay? Get out in nature, go into the sunlight, okay? Um, you can't have people cooped up inside houses for so long. Like It's just not good for mental health. Yes. So get outside, go in nature. Um, I hate social media. Don't take that the wrong way. Yeah, okay? no, I, I understand. Yeah. Uh, but like, I don't post things often, but I was trying to post things online because that was the direct communication path. Like of myself doing things outside, mm -hmm. uh, going for hikes, push-ups out in nature, or even being on Makovic field here, just showing, Hey, here are some simple speed agility, quickness drills you can do. Here are some simple cardio drills that you can do. If you have this much space, here are some things that you can do. Yeah. Um, and that at least put us one on a path of reducing injuries when they came back, yep. but more so mental, mental health standpoint, uh, it at least gave them something to engage with. And I remember doing a bunch of zoom meetings, whether it was through the, like just athletic department as a whole or individual sports teams. Um, I just, I getting them online and being like, Hey, how are your workouts going? Like, what questions do you have? Like, you have to have questions about like sports performance like, yeah. or how to navigate these waters or even giving them direct, like, I don't like telling people to do, but like, you should consider like, yeah, yeah. like you should consider like diving into your nutrition. What is your nutrition? Like nutrition is a big factor for sports performance. Get your brain focused on something that you can control right now in this moment in time. So like, Download My Fitness Pal. It's a free Under Armour app. Track your calories. Let's see what your macronutrients look like, your proteins, your fats, your carbohydrates. Mm. Because all those factors do go into sports performance. Mm -hmm. So even though you can't train, you can still improve your position for something within sports performance. Yeah. And then you're going to take that lesson. And whenever the storm settles, we're going to bring that over with what we normally do in the weight yeah. room and you're actually going to excel. So giving them another aspect of what sports performance is to focus on when they can't necessarily focus on a lot of the physical attributes right. that they need to when they're in season or on campus doing these uh, workouts. That's excellent that you were able to collaborate with others in the field as well to yes. have those connections to bounce ideas off of as well. Cause you don't want to be cooped up yourself right. so being able to connect with others and then share that with the student athlete population but also giving them something else to focus on like you said a controllable for themselves yeah that's huge sometimes you gotta like put the carrot out in front of them and be like hey this is the objective go hit the objective that's the target go hit the target yeah um even like um like i push reading onto our athletes go 
learn how to be a good leader. There's plenty of resources. It doesn't need to be a book, podcast, YouTube channels, blogs on leadership styles. Yep. Go learn. Go learn how to be an effective leader. Or this is your opportunity to kind of explore things that you yourself want to learn. So don't let the stressors that are building up outside, yeah, that's a big stressor, COVID, but we can't control that, okay? Control the things that you can control. There has to be something yep. within the realm of sports performance that you can work at to get better. And also, like, I look at academics and sports, okay? Those that have successfully navigated academic and an athletic career are going to be in a good position career-wise when they leave here. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these athletes, like whether they want to or not, they will more than likely end up in some type of a leadership position or they're going to work for someone that is like, hey, we are team-oriented, we are leadership-oriented, or them themselves are going to go be mm -hmm. entrepreneurs yep. and develop a business and they're going to want good leaders working for them. Yep. So a lot of this is paving the way for, yeah, the four or five years that we have them, but life beyond college. It's literally, literally the conversation I had with Jesse Bauman on this last episode or the last episode with him was his team was very academically driven, getting accolades. And a lot of our teams have been academic, mm -hmm. academically driven. But he the, the phrase he used was, you don't have someone cheering you on for your bio exam you're taking for, right. to study. It has to be intrinsic. Yes. And a lot of those things carry over sports performance as well. You have to want to do it for yourself to better the team. So the fact that you can kind of hone in on that and kind of get that them, the student athletes, prepared for post-Moravian yeah. is the goal ultimately, the goal. as well as succeeding on, on the playing surface. Right. That's, oh my gosh, this is, I love this conversation that we're having. <laughs> I, I'm, I feel bad that we haven't talked more yeah. for this conversation than we get to have now. It's, yeah, and you nailed it on the head. Like, yeah, obviously, like, the four or five years that we have them here are the most, like, not the most important, but, like, that's an important characteristic. But when they leave these walls, like, they are representing us. They are representing this university. They are representing their team. Mm -hmm. And that matters. That matters how they conduct themselves. And having pride in that as yes. well. Yes, yeah. And I think a lot of our student-athletes have, have been able to walk away here with a positive experience. But it's not always about what they did on the field. It's what they were able to build friendship-wise, relationship-wise with their coaches, Correct. their staff. Uh, the faculty here are excellent. Being an alum of Moravian, I can speak to that as well. Um, we finished – I don't want to say we're through COVID because <laughs> there's, still, like, there's still a lot of variables, of variables in to this. But we're looking ahead now to finally – going to what we can call a normal uh, preseason coming up this yes. past uh, this upcoming August. What does that look like for you being able to kind of get back in the swing of things? Because this last year, there were still a lot of variables, like you mentioned. Yeah. But we were able to get through, relatively successful. We're moving into a new year. <laughs> what's, what's on your mind with sports uh, performance? I, again, again, just thankful that we can actually get into our training facility. Because mm -hmm. when we came back from the first initial lockdown or shutdown, we had to relocate all the gym equipment down into the ARC. And we are conducting our training on makeshift platforms down there for spacing purposes. Yep. So just being, again, and we have been back inside the training facility. But just being back inside of our home base training full team um, and just being like team oriented and conducting ourselves that way. That makes such a huge difference. But the training camps coming up, football, soccer, field hockey, volleyball, it's more from my perspective, like just stress management and injury reduction. We're mm -hmm. not training hard come training camps or anything like that. They're coming into the weight room. Uh, but we're doing more recovery strategies just to make sure that they can keep up with the demands of training camp. Okay. Um, so not as hectic, uh, as hectic as years past, mm -hmm. uh, but it's still involved. We're out of practices. We're running warm-ups. We're doing team leadership. Um, not, I wouldn't call them seminars, but like meet, uh, uh, get-togethers where we're just covering tactics of like – what are you seeing from a leadership perspective? Uh, are you seeing any issues? Um, are you seeing positives? Like you, if you see positives, clap it up, man. But yeah. if you also see things that are wrong, like you have to have the courage to go fix that. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more of that, and then that's pretty much my involvement when training camp. Okay. Um, but it's more or less my job to educate them on appropriate recovery strategies. 
like sleep, nutrition, uh, hydration status, soft tissue work. So I'll pretty much be here all day long, and it'll be a revolving door of athletes coming in. Yeah. But we're getting a lot of things done for them. Well, and that's great, too, the, the fact that some of these athletes now, well, incoming first-year student-athletes, getting them to kind of see what the expectation is. Yes. But also having those team leaders be an example and le- leaning on them to, like, this is the way we're going to work. This is how we're going to recover. These are the things that we need to do to be successful. Yeah. So getting the buy-in from those leaders to you, but also the leaders expanding out to the rest of their team. And that's kind of circling back to, like you said, buy-in. We were talking about buy-in mm-hmm. earlier, and I think I might have said it with my time at Temple, or maybe it was Villanova, but all you see is all you know. Yep. So incoming freshmen, like you said, like if they – this is the standard, this is how we operate, then they're going to rise to the occasion. But if you have a loose culture, or if you have a culture of athletes that don't really care, guess what? Those freshmen are going to mimic that pattern. Yep. And then you just stay on top of your leaders and let them do what they do best, lead. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a big learning curve for our incoming freshmen, but easier than years past because of the leaders that we have. Yes. And because of the excellent job that they're all doing. How excited are you to get back and just have events? Because we had events in the spring. This is going to be one of the first, like, normal falls. Yeah. Um, just to be at games, be present, be in atmospheres again. Nah, it's, I'm looking forward to it. It's more so for them. Like, they have worked so hard since the shutdown to reestablish the ground that we had and the ground that we lost because of COVID. I'm just so pumped for these athletes to go out there and take the field and go do what you do best. Like you're like, this is your time frame to um, not worry. I like still like there's always going to be stressors in life, but this is your window of time frame to detach from the stressors that you got going on and go be an athlete and do some good damage. Like go win for us. Absolutely. And they're, they're ready. They're competitive. Tom. I'm pumped. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending some time with me to kind of go oh, over yeah. What your experiences were as an athlete, student athlete, your journey to getting to where you are today. I appreciate you telling me so I can get to learn a little <laughs> bit more about you, but the viewers and listeners as well. So thank you for taking time. Thanks for having me on. Seriously. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Cool. That was great. See, this is the, this is the thing I love about this. And Shelly... I had so much fun talking with Tom Long, the Director of Athletic Performance. We had the opportunity to reflect on his past as a student athlete, his experiences at the Division I level, and his tenure as a Greyhound over the last six years. Be sure to follow the Sports Performance page on social media at Moravian Strength on Instagram. And if you haven't done so already, go ahead and follow the Moravian University Athletics accounts as well. That's all I have for you on this episode of the Hound Subtle Podcast. Until next time, I am LJ Smith, signing off.